What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hey guys, quick little memo before we start today's episode. We have now been able to give away multiple Lamb Fam scholarships, one $500 one and one $300 one. All thanks to you guys for supporting the Lamb Fam and purchasing Lamb Fam merch. As always, the, the links to the Lamb Fam merch are in the description of this episode. Sweatshirts, t-shirts, tank tops, you name it. Go support the Lamb Fam so we can continue to pay off Lamb Fam medical bills. Thank you so much, guys. I love you. Couldn't do this without you. Hello, everyone. We have Brianna Fry on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Brianna, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. Okay. Thanks, Shelly. And thank you for having me on the podcast today. And thank you again for creating this platform. It has truly helped me in my darkest of days. And it's also allowed me to meet some really amazing women and connect with them. Okay. So like you said, my name is Brianna. I go by the name Brie, um, so I'm Brie, my husband's name is Ben, and then we have two rescue dogs, Bo and Blue. So as you can see, we kind of have a bee name theme going on in our family. Um, I'll bring it back to the beginning. So my husband and I met on New Year's Eve going into the year of 2013. Um, we hit it off right away. We dated for eight months and moved in together. Um, two and a half years later, we got engaged September 7th, 2015. And then a year and a half later, we got married on December 30th, 2016. So you can kind of see that New Year's Eve also plays a big part in our family. Um, so after getting married, um, we're in the year of 2016, going to 2017, of course we get the questions like, when are you going to have kids? Um, and I would always say, well, my students are my kids because I'm a special education teacher and I dedicate a lot of my time to my students. So at that point in time, that just worked for me, saying that those, they were my kids. Um, I was 25 at the time, my husband was 26. So we just really didn't feel like we were ready um, to have kids yet. Um, we knew it was what we always wanted, it just wasn't the time. I also had three really big fears. Um, the first one was I would have a baby with a disability. Um, I am a special ed teacher. I have nothing against a child with a disability at all. Um, it's just, I work with these families very closely and I see the impact um, that it has on them. And if I did have a child with a disability, I would then have to change careers. And I absolutely love my job. But either way, I would be fine with that. That was just a fear. My second fear is giving birth. Um, anybody who knows me knows that even as a child, the thought of giving birth literally scared the shit out of me. Um, I just, the thought of it was so scary. Um, and then my third fear was either having a miscarriage or not being able to get pregnant. Um, I always was up to date and really wanted to educate myself in the whole miscarriage area. Um, I always knew the statistic was one in four. Um, so I always just kind of made myself aware of that. And I always knew like not to ask people when they were having a baby and that type of thing. I just thought it was important that everyone should be educated in that area. So, um, 
fast forward a little bit to 2018, I did get off birth control to lose some weight for a wedding, um, but we still weren't ready. Um, so we were really careful then. Um, I, we also knew we'd probably, put, probably be trying in the next year or two. Um, so I wanted to get that birth control out of my system since I had been on it for about 12 years. Um, then flash forward to June 2019, my best friend and my husband's best friend, they're married. Um, they actually introduced us. They had their first baby um, in June 2019, and she is our niece by friendship. Um, we absolutely fell in love with her, and that's when my husband and I were kind of like, yeah, I think we might be able to do this. So that next month, I had my annual checkup with my OBGYN. Um, I asked her what were the steps, and she just said, well, get on a prenatal, have sex two to three times a week. Don't worry about ovulation tests. They're a waste of money. Um, and if you don't get pregnant in a year, come back. So I was like, okay, I guess that's what I'll do. So each month went by and I'd get my period and I would just justify it with, well, <laughs> at least I can drink at this event or have some more cocktails at this upcoming event. Um, and that's just how I would like let myself be okay with it. Even deep down inside, it was like killing me that every month I was getting my period. Uh, so 2020 rolled around, still no baby still not pregnant. Um, I started to worry. Um, my husband works a lot of hours. Um, he has a stressful job. He leaves at seven in the morning. He doesn't get home till eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. So I was kind of like, oh gosh, like, is that playing a factor in all of this? Um, then March, 2020, my husband turns 30. Um, we were actually the last people to be able to go into Universal um, for his 30th birthday in Florida, right before the pandemic hit. And I thought, wow, how cool would it be if we conceived our baby here on his 30th birthday? That would be a great present. Um, so we get home from Florida, quarantine kind of hits. I get my period like a week and a half later, no baby. <sighs> Starting to feel more discouraged again. Like we're, he's turning 30, I'm 29 now. Um, we're full into quarantine though. So I am in, I'm working from home for my job because I'm a teacher. Um, and then Ben actually gets fur furloughed um, and gets to stay home with me for ma mainly all of April, which was really nice because, like I said, he works a lot. Um, so end of April rolls around and um, we're still in quarantine. And my period usually comes on like cycle day 26 or 27. Um, it's only come once at day 28. So day 28 rolls around and I'm like, okay, well, I'll probably I should be getting my period today. And I don't. And then day 29 rolls around and I don't have my period. And then day 30 hits and I'm just like, okay, maybe I should take a test. So that's Saturday, April 25th. Um, I take the test and it's positive. And oh, I was so excited. It was early in the morning. I woke Ben up and I like rushed him to the bathroom. And I was like, come quick. Um, and he thought I asked, was going to ask him to like kill a bug or something. And I showed him the pregnancy test um, and it was positive. And all those fears that I had stated in the beginning went away besides the miscarriage one. That one in four statistic was like stuck in my head. I like couldn't get it out and it just scared me so much. Um, so I call first thing that Monday morning to my OGYN and they said, uh, you have to wait 10 weeks till your first appointment. Um, and that's all that we can do for you. And your husband can't come to that visit as of right now. So I was like, okay. So um, 
I, that's April 20, like 7th, I call them. So I have to wait until June 4th. So I have to wait all of May. Um, my husband actually gets called back to work like two days later. So that leaves me literally at home all of May, working from home in my thoughts, in my feelings, just freaking out. We also didn't want to tell anybody that we were pregnant because I just was like a firm believer. We have to wait until after that first appointment. So nobody knew. The only person that knew was my husband. And I, I mean, it was just really, really lonely. Um, so flash forward to like the end of May, I go to visit my grandmother. Um, this is my first time like really leaving the house. Um, I did, I was like really careful with quarantining and just um, keeping my distance. And so I traveled two and a half, two hours to go see my grandmother. Um, and right before I leave, I went to the bathroom and there was like brown discharge. It was like a gooey discharge that like, it was only when I wiped and I was freaking out. Um, I'm Googling it. It's saying everything's okay. So I get to my grandmother's house. It's still there. Um, I stay the night. I wake up the next morning. It's still there. My husband's Googling it. He's like, it's okay. It's okay, Brie. Like everything is saying that brown spotting is fine. So I was like, okay, well, I get home and the spotting is gone. So I was like, chalk it up to, it must've been just stress of me leaving the house the first time ever in, since this pregnancy. So then that week, it's finally June 4th, and I get to go to my appointment. I mean, unfortunately, I'm alone. My husband is in the car. He drove me there. Um, so I got my mask on. I walk in. You get your whole COVID check thing. Um, I get called back, and the nurse shows me what I would do for my future appointments. And she's showing me, like, it, this doctor's office is weird. Like, they make you bring your pee with you in a cup. Um, and they gave you the cup and you have to bring it back every time. So you're not wasting time in their office, I guess, doing that. Um, so she gave me my pee cup for the next time I would come in. And so like in my head, I'm like, okay, well, if she thinks like I'm pregnant and she's giving me a cup for the next time, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like I've made it this far in 10 weeks. I'm good. The doctor finally comes in. Um, he's a new doctor that I was I didn't know. Um, my friends have used him in the past and really recommended him. So I felt comfortable with him. Um, he sits down with me. He kind of asks me how I'm feeling. Um, he goes over when my due date is. And of course, my due date is December 29th, 2020, which of course is right in our like New Year's Eve time of, type of year, time of year. So like we were ecstatic about that because that just time means so much to us. Um, so I'm able to FaceTime Ben um, when the ultrasound starts. Um, so I have him on FaceTime. My mask is on. It is so hot. I can barely like breathe and it's quiet, and the doctor is viewing a transvaginal ultrasound, and I mean, he is taking forever up there, and it just feels like it's never going to end. And finally, he pulls out the wand, and he looks at me, and he goes, what we have here is a blighted ovum, and I immediately hung up the phone on Ben, because I just didn't want him to know anything was bad. Um, I had no idea what the hell a blighted ovum was. I mean, like I said, I, I knew some stuff about miscarriage. I tried to educate myself, but this was one thing I just didn't know about. Um, and then Ben calls back on FaceTime and I answer, and then the doctor kind of explains, you know, you have a sack here. There's just nothing in the sack. It's an appropriate sack for 10 weeks. Um, there's just no baby. And I, and the nurse is like throwing tissues at me. And I'm not crying. I'm just like so in shock. I, I just don't even know how to feel. 
And then of course the doctor continues to say everything you shouldn't say to a woman going through this. And he goes, well, at least you're young. At least you know you can get pregnant. Um, and then he's like, and you're just one in four. And I'm like, I know this. Please stop telling me this. Um, so then he goes over my options and he says, you know, wait a week. We'll see what happens. Maybe a fetal pull will show up. Um, but he's like, he goes over, you know, the three options, the pill, the DNC, or natural miscarriage. And he is like pushing a DNC on me already. And I'm just like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I can't even think about this right now. Um, so he leaves. Um, and one of the worst things was, is he leaves, the nurse is about to leave and she rips the pee cup away from like my belongings and goes, you're not going to need this anymore. Um, and I was just like, wow, okay, thanks. Um, so I go back out, um, they wanted to do blood work. So I'm sitting there waiting. And of course I see a big pregnant woman um, just standing in front of me and I just lose it. Um, I am just bawling my eyes out in my mask. Like I can't breathe. It's really bad. Um, and I'm just constantly thinking like, why me? Why does that woman get to be pregnant right now? Like, why is this happening to me? And I don't know what she's been through. She could have had a similar situation or whatnot, but it was just, I was so spiteful at the time. Um, I just didn't understand. Um, so then the nurse takes my blood and she just keeps saying, oh, I'm so sorry. And that word was like nails on a chalkboard to me. Um, all I wanted to hear was congratulations. And everyone just kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I know people don't know what to say. So that's the word you use. But oh my God, if I heard one more person say, I'm sorry, I was about to punch them. Um, so then they get me into the scheduling office. Um, this woman is once again pushing a DNC on me and she's trying to schedule me for one. And I'm just like, wait, I can't even think right now. Like just schedule me for an appointment in a week with my normal doctor. Um, I need to talk to her. I need to know what's going on. Um, and so she, she doesn't schedule me for surgery, thank God. And she lets me go see my doctor the following week. Um, so that's the following Thursday. So all this like took place on a Thursday. So the following week I have to go back. Um, so when I leave the appointment, I go meet my husband in the car and I'm just bawling my eyes out. It's just, I can't even believe what's happening. Um, I get home, I call my parents crying. Um, it's really not fair that that's how my parents and family found out that I was, was pregnant. Um, they had no idea and they find out that I'm basically miscarrying and that's how they found out about it all. So I just felt really terrible that that's how they knew they were going to have a grandchild. Um, so then my husband and I just kept doing research. Like we had a whole week, so we just kept looking up stuff. Um, ben kept thinking the my ovulation was off. So then, then I wouldn't have seen an, um, a fetal pex, a fetal pole because um, my maybe I was just still just developing the sac. Um, I maybe I was uh, not as fur further along as people thought. Um, I kept looking up bladed ovum misdiagnoses. I found a woman on Instagram that had one and she, and she had a beautiful baby. So I just kept looking up what I wanted to know and wanted to hear. Um, but each day I'd wake up and for that whole week and one day I'd wake up and be like, okay, I'm pregnant. There's going to be a fetal pull when I go to that next appointment. And then the next day I'd wake up and be like, I'm miscarrying. Like I hate my body for doing this to me. Um, so that was really exhausting. And it was a really long week of just emotions everywhere. Um, finally, I got to meet with my normal doctor. 
um, she was a little bit more compassionate, but she still was like pretty harsh with the whole thing. Um, so she did the transvaginal ultrasound as well. She was up there. It was killing me. Um, she let me see everything on the screen this time so I can know what was going on. And she actually did find a fetal pole. Uh, and I was like ecstatic. Like that's all I wanted was something to grow in that week. Uh, but there was no heartbeat. Um, so I was just still like pleased with what I saw and she just looked at me and she was like, I'm not optimistic about this. And I'm looking at her, I'm like, what don't, what do you mean you're not optimistic? Like something grew in a week. Um, and she just was like, the sack is measuring eight weeks. Your fetal pole is measuring six weeks. Like, this is just not promising. Like, I just think you're going to still miscarry. So we talked about our options. She said we could wait a whole nother week, do another ultrasound. And then if there was no heartbeat, I would go back to the hospital the next day for my surgery. Um, so that's kind of what we agreed upon. So here we go again, another week of my head all over the place. Um, I had to go get a COVID test, which I wasn't pleased about since I was going to maybe get a surgery. They made me get the COVID test. Uh, I was like, that was the last thing I wanted to do going through all this. So I had to get that. Um, so after that, my husband and I were like, we just need to get away. Um, so that weekend, we just decided to go to State College, um, which is like where Penn State is. Um, that's where we used to live together. And we stayed at a hotel like across from the part apartment complex we used to live at. And we just got away. Um, we went to dinner that night. Everything was fine. Um, we go back to the hotel. They had like a nice fire pit. And there was like those nice like rocking chairs that your butt can like sit back and like your feet are more up. Um, and I was sitting in that chair for probably like two hours and I stand up and to go back to the room to go to bed. And I just like feel something down there and I'm just like, oh my gosh. So I run back to the room and I go to the bathroom and there's just bright red blood. Um, and that was the first time I really seen the red blood. And it was like, not just like spotting, it was like a period. And I just started to freak out. Um, my husband and I also had gone to state college for this little trip because we knew where the hospital was. It was right down the street and a few of our friends are nurses there. So I was like, okay, like if it gets worse, we know people, like I know what to do here. Um, and I was also thinking like, why can't I travel anywhere during this pregnancy? Every time I go somewhere, I'm either spotting or bleeding and I just want to enjoy my time. Um, so thankfully though, I, I make it through that weekend. It's just like a period. Um, we get home from the trip and I'm just kind of like, all right, like this is over. So that Monday morning I call the doctor's office and I speak to that scheduling nurse and I ask her to move up the surgery to as soon as possible. And she told me she could get me in that next day, that Tuesday, June 16th. And I was like, fine, let's just do it. Um, she never asked me if I went one last ultrasound or anything she of course was just so ecstatic to some to schedule me for this so I got scheduled um that and on Monday night um I started to bleed a little heavier and I was like praying I was like can, I just wanted my body to hold on I was like please just hold on until I can get the surgery I was terrified to do this naturally like I'm about almost 12 weeks at this point pregnant and I just I don't know how my body would be able to get rid of all this blood naturally um, so I go in for surgery then that morning, um, and I'm in the waiting room and it's a waiting room for like all surgeries. So it's not just for like baby loss. 
and um I'm just bawling my eyes out and people in the room are just looking at me like I'm crazy and I'm just like I'm walking into this room pregnant and then going to leave this hospital like empty so thankfully my husband this was the first time he could go with me to anything um so he could come back to the pre-op room with me and he was back there and thank god he was an angel and the nurses were finally nice to me like everybody was finally like respectful of my situation and i was finally getting like what i deserved um the doctor walked in this is once again another doctor i've never met before and he walks in and he's so confused and he goes why don't you you didn't get a last ultrasound and he's like i don't have any updated blood work on you like what what's going on here um, and I kind of explained like, oh, they didn't want to, and that was another thing back when I went the second time to my, my, my doctor, she didn't want to get blood work again because she was like convinced that this was over too. So I had no blood work to like see if my levels were actually going down. I didn't have one last ultrasound to confirm that there was no heartbeat. And so he looked at my husband and I, and he was like, I don't want you to regret this in 2030 and think, what if about this day? He goes, you need to go up to get an ultrasound right now. And we're going to figure out if there's a heartbeat or not. And I looked at my husband. I was just so relieved. I was like, wow, somebody cares. This is amazing. So he actually, the doctor rode up in the elevator with me to the maternity ward where I would get this ultrasound. Of course, my husband, once again, couldn't come with me for that. So but the, but the doctor was with me, which was so nice. We did confirm that there was no heartbeat. Um, so I did get to finally ultra, ask this ultrasound tech. That I was like, can I please just have a picture so I can like show my husband something from all these ultrasounds. So when I went back down, I handed my husband and I was like, here, here's something so you can see what's been going on. Um, uh, then I went into surgery. It lasted way over way longer than it was supposed to it was over an hour um they thought i was hemorrhaging from somewhere else um there was just that much blood they brought down another ultrasound thing to realize it was just i wasn't hemorrhaging anywhere else um it was just so much so i'm so glad i got the surgery um when i woke up i was asking the nurse when i can go for a run she looked at me and she's like honey you need to take a break for a while she, and because I, I, all i wanted to do when i found out this whole situation about the miscarriage I was run as far and fast as I could because I am a runner and it killed me because I wasn't running at this pregnancy because I was like trying my best to be um, as cautious with this baby as possible. Um, so then I get home from the surgery and I am at my lowest of lows. Like this is like the darkest time of my life. I'm lost. I'm so confused. Um, I ended up creating an Instagram page um, just to meet other women um, that have been through something similar than I have. So I didn't feel so alone because I had felt alone for so long. Um, so that definitely helped me. And then a few of them introduced me to the Lamb fam. So thank God, thank goodness for this podcast. I immediately started listening to that as well. Um, and that like truly helped me. I would relate to so many women. I would just like, all crying and being like oh my gosh I'm not alone thank you and then I would connect with them after I'd listen to their podcast um like I said this was during quarantine so I wouldn't have wished this a miss first of all I wouldn't wish a miscarriage on anybody not on my worst enemy and then during a pandemic I would never like this was the worst experience 
ever like take a miscarriage which is already so bad and times it by like a hundred it's it's terrible it is so lonely and I'm not discrediting anyone's miscarriage but during the mis during a pandemic when you can't have your husband or family with you it's just really 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 lonely so then I started to go to therapy and that started to help I was making progress I didn't cry for like two weeks and I was like yes like I'm doing good I think I'm getting back on track. <laughs> like I fooled myself though, because about that two week at point, I got a bill in the mail and I opened the bill and it is so expensive for my surgery and everything I've been through. And every emotion that I have been just like pushing off just came like tumbling down and it just crushed me. Um, this was the money I had saved in my health savings account for a successful pregnancy with a baby and I was using all that money to pay for a surgery that they called an abortion um and that just like killed me I I called all the insurance company I called my insurance company I was like explaining like listen I did not have an abortion like this was not something I wanted to happen and they were just like sorry you have to pay for it um and that term just like just did not sit well with me um so then fast forward July, I am just like kind of just spiraling out of control because this whole, um, that bill just brought back every emotion and it was, it's just like really rough. I was drinking a lot. I was eating a lot. I just kind of was all over the place. I did start to track my ovulation this time because I wanted to know what the hell was going on with my body. Um, because once again, nobody knew when I actually ovulated and when I conceived last time, and it was just all over the place. So I wanted to know how my body worked. Um, it was beginning of August. I took a pregnancy test right before going on vacation just to make sure, and it was negative. Um, so, I mean, I was a little disappointed, but it, it is what it is. I did pick the test back up out of the trash like an hour later just to see, um, and of course it still stayed negative. And then once again, my justification came back again and I was like, oh, well, now I can drink on vacation and enjoy that. So uh, when I was on vacation, uh, that's when I finally was like, you know what? I wanna sign up and be on this podcast. Um, so I was like on the beach and I like signed up for it. And as I was signing up for it, I didn't think I would be saying this next part. Um, so I kind of have a part two. So here goes part two. Um, in the beginning, of, so then I had tracked my ovulation in August. I was really on track this month. Like my body felt normal. Everything was really good. Um, I said I would never be an early tester, um, but I lied. Um, so I was listening actually to your podcast. Um, it was the episode with Brittany Moore. Um, and at the end of her podcast with you, she told you that she took a pregnancy test at 12 days DPO, um, and that she was pregnant and she was kind of announcing it to us for the first time on the podcast and her husband didn't know yet. Um, shout out to Brittany. She doesn't know me yet. I haven't reached out to her, but thankfully when I listened to that, um, I kind of looked at my calendar and I was like, you know what? I I'm 12 days DPO. I I'm going to take a test because I was going for a run that day and I was going out for drinks with my friend. So I was like, I should just test. So I tested and it came back negative. So I went on my run. I get back from my run. I pull the test back out. 
and the test is positive. Um, this is the same test, the same brand and everything of testing that I had taken back. It's from the same box that I had taken back in the beginning of August where when I folded out the trash again, it stayed negative, but this time it stayed positive. Um, so I was like, oh my gosh, but it was like a blue dye test. And I've heard like stuff about blue dye tests aren't as accurate as like the pink dye. So I kind of was like, okay, I don't know if I trust this or not. So I went to pick up my friend. We were going for drinks, like I said. Um, and I was like, I need to go to CVS. I need to get more tests because that was my last test that I had taken. So we go out, we get the test and we head to the bar and in the, I don't, I order water, I chug water, I go to the bathroom and I take the pregnancy test. Um, I take the test back to the table with me. I literally sit it like under my mask and like let it just sit on the table and I'm just watching it. And there's like a lot, a second line, like a positive line popping up and I'm showing my friend she's like oh my gosh like I see the line and I was like I know it's there um so we're both like really excited um and so I get back home I decide I'm gonna wait to tell my husband until like I take a digital test but my friend texted me that I was with and she goes Brie um it's this was also on August 22nd and she goes Brie um it's National Rainbow Baby Day and I was like oh my god um that this is crazy like i've been asking for a sign and i i got my sign um so um i was so happy i was like all i wanted was something to tell me that this would be okay and finding out on that day meant the world to me um so the next morning i took a digital test and it was positive it said yes right away. Um, so I ran. this time I decided I was going to surprise my husband because last time we didn't buy a single thing for that pregnancy. I just ran into the bathroom and told him. So this time I went to Target, I got a onesie and like a Papa Bear mug, put his coffee in it. And I surprised him and he was just so excited. Um, we also ended up telling our family that day just because like, we just wanted to celebrate. I was so tired of hiding it and I just wanted to be happy. Um, so then I made the phone call first thing Monday morning again, um, to schedule my blood work. Cause that's what the doctor said. If I was pregnant again, was I needed to go for blood work. So I tell the nurse like my situation and she goes, well, you're still really early. Um, I would like you to wait to get your blood work done until Friday. Um, you haven't even missed your period yet. And I was like, okay, well, last month my cycle was 21 days. So uh, technically I have missed my period. And she was like, fine, you can go get your blood work today and then you'll go get it again um, in 48 hours. And I was like, okay, thank you. So I immediately went to go get my blood work done. She calls me the next day in 24 hours with the first results. And she said, well, I, I told you, you should have waited. This is just too early. Your number is only 36 HCG levels, HCG levels are only 36. And your progesterone is nine and a half. And I'm just like so discouraged. And I'm just like upset. I'm mad the way she's talking to me. It's just so unfair. Um, so I'm just terrified at this point. So then I go back in. The next day, get more blood work done. She calls me in 24 hours later and her tone finally changes with me and she's nice to me. And she said, your HC levels, G levels are rising appropriately. They're 142 and, but your progesterone is nine. So we're gonna put you on some meds for that. And I was like, thank you. This is the exact reason why I had called on Monday morning because I wanted to make sure 
if I need to do something about my progesterone. So I was so thankful um, that I finally like got a plan and things were finally working out. The following week, they wanted me to go for one more test the next week. So I went the following Thursday then to get more blood work done. And I get a call from another nurse, a much nicer nurse. And she is so excited for me. She is like, your levels are rising so well. They are 4,436. Like the doctor is saying, this is like right on point, even better than most. Like, and then she finally said to me, congratulations. And I just cried. I was like, wow, somebody is finally congratulating me. Um, I mean, I know it's early, but it just felt so good for a nurse to finally tell me that. Um, so I am switching doctors though, um, because my husband is still not allowed to go with me to that office, nor do I want to walk in those doors and be with those people, even though I did like the doctor who did my surgery. Um, so I have, I have an appointment this upcoming Monday, um, September 14th, um, with a new doctor and my husband can go. Um, so yeah, I'm just so happy. So yeah, I'm right now currently six weeks, like three days. Um, so, so far, so good. <laughs> Yay! Oh my gosh. Are, are you like shifting your pants a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I am, I am terrified, but like this time around, I have a different feeling. Like last time I just lived in fear, and this time I'm much more positive. Um, I don't know, I think finding out on National Rainbow Baby Day, like, just gives me like that boost that I need to help me feel better about this whole thing. Cause anytime I start feeling doubts, I'm just kind of like, no, you found out on national rainbow baby day. This is your rainbow baby. Um, so like, I hope that's true. I hope it still sticks. Um, but yeah, uh, just trying to get super. through it all. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Super exciting though. I mm -hmm. am so happy for you and I'll have my fingers crossed and my toes crossed yeah. and my hair <laughs> crossed and everything. Yeah. Um, thank you. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but, um, I sell lamb merch and a hundred percent of the profit goes to the lamb fam women mm -hmm. paying medical bills and I'm about to do a $300 giveaway, but I would just like to give it to you. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. Oh my like, gosh. It really hit home with me when you said, you know, getting that bill from your DNC really like brought everything back for you yeah. when, and you spent oh the money gosh. for your, your healthy pregnancy. And so, yeah, I know $300 probably isn't covering oh it, but gosh. it will help. And I'm just, yeah, I want to give it to you. So when we get oh off my gosh. this, I, so much. absolutely. And I mean, I have the chills right now. This is the right thing <laughs> to do. And <sighs> it was meant to be that we're talking today. And like yeah. I said, I know it's not going to cover everything, but I hope that it helps in some oh way. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, of course it helps. I appreciate <laughs> that so much. Thank you. And thank you, Lamb fan, everybody. Oh yeah. My gosh, everybody. You. I mean, everybody who has purchased merch is the people yeah. paying for this. So yeah. like our listeners, <sighs> which is really cool. Like that's what I want out of this podcast. That's the bigger, that's the bigger picture for me. Um, I always ask at the end of every episode, if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Um, yeah, so I have two pieces of advice. Um, one would be, if you feel comfortable about talking about your miscarriage, please talk about it. So many people still need to be educated about this topic. And it just drives me nuts that it is still so taboo. And we just, you know, you hear someone have a miscarriage and 
and you can't even like ask them how they're doing. It's just, oh, we don't, they don't probably want to talk about it. And the thing is, I mean, at least for me, I want to talk about it. I want you to know about it. So that way you learn. Don't ask them when, when they're expecting. Don't ask somebody how many kids they're going to have. Just let it go and let people live. And I just wish people were more educated in all of this. Um, I actually found this quote by Frank Pavone, um, and I just want to read it real quick. It says, when someone is expecting, she is not expecting a child, she already has one. She is not going to be a mother, she already is a mother. The baby is not on the way, the baby has already arrived. If we are going to change the way society treats unborn children, we have to change the way we talk about them. So that really stuck with me. And I just hope that more people have the courage to like talk about it and educate others. And then my second piece of advice, which I know a lot of women always say it, but advocate for yourself. I mean, you are paying for it. You deserve the best. Um, some of these doctors, I think, are just so prone and just numb to what they're doing now. And it's important that you find the ones that like care and want the best for you. So just keep pushing for what you deserve. Yes, I love that. And that was a really good quote. I've actually never heard that before. Um, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, I've gone through. Love that. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Okay, so I am on Facebook with my name, Brianna Fry. You can look me up that way. Um, I also do have two Instagram pages. One is my personal one, and one is like my miscarriage account now. Um, my miscarriage account is miscarriage um, underscore two T-O underscore fit F-I-T. Um, and then my personal one, I think you can link it, um, but it's breezy.f. Um, I have, like I said, I'm a teacher, so I try to like, be incognito so no one can find me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And so do you want me to link both of them or should I just link yeah, them that's to fit? Both? Okay. Either one's fine. Yep. I'm fine with okay. either one. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. It, I Thank just, you, I appreciate Shai. it so much. I couldn't do this without you girls. So uh, I couldn't do it without you right now. So thank you. And I can't thank you enough for that donation. That just means yeah. the whole world to me. So thank you. Yes. I mean, it's, it's from the listeners. So yes. thank you everybody. Who has yes. Thank you everyone. Yeah. Um, I'll get your info on that when we jump off of here, but thank okay. you so much. Thank you. Right. Good luck. We'll chat soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.